When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spring training is in full swing. We're a little more than a week through. So we thought we'd do a little bit of a check-in, see how things have gone, especially with the pitch clock, hot topic, and will continue to be a hot topic, I'm sure, all season. Um, But first, we want to talk about this. Let's get into Yankees pitcher Carlos Rodon, who got absolutely wrecked, straight up destroyed in his first spring training outing, allowed five runs on six hits, including two bombs and a walk. In two plus innings, he did strike out two in the meantime, though. So, hooray, got that going for him, which is nice. <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> cons- <laughs> regarding the outing, though, he did say this, which I think is fantastic and is the proper approach to take because you can't let an outing like that wreck you, especially in March. He said, Thank God it's spring training. <laughs> yep and don't we all look at the box score at least once a day and say oh oh, oh," the very same thing yep (laughs) well the yankees lost like 10 to 14 or something 10 to 12 or something yesterday or today it was pretty intense um the catcher kyle higashioka did say like i'm glad so they had a conversation and rodon said he was starting to get on himself and wanted to reach back and just throw hard like really throw hard but with anger um yeah and he he was like i just didn't let it get to me and i wasn't able to and um but he's frustrated that he's not in mid-season form in the preseason right so yeah yeah higashioka said that he was really glad that he didn't reach back for more that isn't there yet it's not supposed to be there yet follow trust the process and so um it was kind of a mature approach that i was really excited to see as a yankees fan anyway it's made me right happy well, and this is the thing is as a competitor, you always want to be at your best. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's the first day of training or you know it's going to be the last day of the season. You always want to be at your best. You expect yeah. so much out of yourself. I'm sure it was so frustrating just being like, totally. and you see it and you've seen it with other guys this season. Like George Kirby got got touched up. I think it was on Sunday a little bit. And it's kind of like, Ish. I just got to remember it's yeah. spring. It's spring training. It's fine. It's going to happen. It's tough, though. Stuff to watch. It's really tough to watch. <laughs> it's like, and, and this is the other thing that I always have to remind myself too: is spring training. Is I noticed a long time ago that the teams that do the best in spring training do the worst during the season. True, they every day in March, and it happens every single year. So you just got to remind yourself: your team is doing really well in spring training. Mind you, to temper your expectations the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, you can take that to the bank. <laughs> Even for spe- for specific players, I think it was last spring training. Higashioka hit like six or eight bombs or something like that, and then had a mostly flat season. Yeah, not, like I, I mean, I was generous. I wish that they kept like comprehensive stats during spring training to like just as much stats as they do the, during the regular season that it was easy to look up. Because I would love to put together a spring training all star team because I know that Dustin Ackley would be starting on that team, probably batting third. Hmm. Mm. He was an absolute spring training stud. And then once it came like May or June, he had 
he had already reached his peak and was not good the rest of the year. That sucks. Yeah. So, oh, so frustrating as a Mariners fan. Yeah. <laughs> a little worried about Jared Kelnick now too, because he's already got four dingers this this spring training. So it's like I don't want to see a spring training all star. I just want to see you play baseball well. Question. Maybe. Is it going to be the same for WBC breakouts? Mm, like guys who do well in the WBC are not going to have a good season? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't What would think make it so. different? I think it's the level of competition that it's actually competitive baseball. The guys around them are playing competitively as well. Like not and like this is the thing is you have to remember the guys are still playing playing competitively in spring training like julio rodriguez said last week he crashed into the wall he's like there's a score up on that board so i'm gonna play hard is what he said and i understand gotta love gotta love hearing things like that right yeah oh man yeah worth the price of admission alone right there yeah i don't feel like everybody is and even the guys who are playing for a contract the play that the the product that they put on the field is just not as good as what you see during the regular season. Right. But the guys who are playing in the WBC for the most part, they are. So I think you temper, again, you temper expectations for pool play because it's not entirely balanced as we've seen based on roster construction. But once you get out of pool play, once they get to Miami, I think that's when you look at guys and you see who really breaks out. Christian Yelich had a couple of great years after the WBC. Um, Javi Baez had a couple of great years after the WBC. And uh, who else was it? Starling Marte had a few really totally. good years after the WBC. So I think you can you can kind of pick and choose who is going to come out. Like Obviously, you have your expectations as to who is going to play well. But the surprises, I think that I don't think it's necessarily a flash in the pan. I think that it's one of those things where they've hit. Now they get their confidence and they take that to the big leagues. It's cool. I hope that's the case. That's what I, I hope see. that's the case. Yeah. I do too. But anywho, let's talk about Justin Turner. This just happened today, Monday. Um, this is scary. Yeah. So Turner was hit in the face by Detroit's Matt Manning. He was on the ground for a while. He's bleeding. Um, he walked off the field under his own power. He was taken to the hospital. He had a, he had a towel over his face. Um, but he was checked for a concussion. His wife, Courtney, tweeted out, at 6.17 p.m. Eastern time, she said, 16 stitches and lots of swelling. Clear scans, no fractures. That's the, huge. That is huge. And if he can get out of here with even a minor concussion, I feel like he'll be. that'll be a win for him. I hope that he doesn't have like a serious concussion that lasts for a long time. Because Kyle Lewis, last year, uh, the ball hit his shoulder, his helmet came off, and then the ball hit him in the head with no helmet. Yeah. He was out for several weeks dealing with concussion symptoms. He said he couldn't even get out of bed. And I would hate yeah. to see that happen to Justin Turner, this, especially this late in his career. Because he's supposed to be I'm the Red saying. Sox everyday DH. Everyday DH and some reps at first base against lefties. So, which is going to spell Tristan Cassis, who's a rookie. Mm-hmm. So, they like they need him. I feel like the Red Sox need him in lots of ways. Yeah, and, spe- and add the veteran leadership on top of that. It's even better. So, Yep. I'm with you. I hope that this is not a big deal, uh, long-term bust for the well for the Red Sox, but also for Trey Turner. It's a one-year deal. He doesn't yeah. have a lot of time Turner. to mess around. Yeah, or, yeah. Justin Turner. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, 
Well, and <laughs> be clear, Justin Turner, Trey Turner, they're on opposite ends of their career. But Way yeah, off. you don't want you don't want Justin Turner to have to sit out for an extended period of time. This like like I said, this late in his career, that'd be a terrible, yeah. terrible way to yeah. go. But Matt Manning said it was just a complete accident and apologized, especially like a guy gets in the face. You don't anymore expect it to be done on purpose, especially in spring training. You don't see expect anybody to get hit. They say totally. they save the rivalries and the, the pettiness for the regular season. As it should so, be. Yeah, because that's where it belongs. I should we should still have it, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Put it where it's supposed to be. <laughs> but let's 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 stick with the Red Sox, but let's shift gears just a little bit. Speaking of shifting, see what it did there. Oh. Um, the Red Sox shifted on Joey Gallo, uh, <laughs> but it's not how you might have thought they did because since the Red Sox don't care who you are, they, uh, ev- I guess they evaded the rules a little bit, skirted the rules. They brought their left fielder over to play in the hole behind second base, playing with two outfielders, five infielders, kind of. One deep infielder, I guess you could say. Maybe more of a rover position. It was like a shallow right. It was like a super shallow right. Yeah. So they brought the so, center fielder, Adam Duvall, in to play uh, just off the dirt in right, in right shallow right. Right fielder stayed right where he was. And then, what is it, uh, Rami Tapia moved from left okay. to center. That, I don't know. Like, I Major League Baseball has to be like, Okay, come on, guys. Like, come we're trying on, to get rid of this. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this is the thing, too, is I saw a headline today that said that um, batting average, what was it? It was batting averages and spirits are on the rise. I, that's the same headline I saw. Because there's no shift. Yeah, batters, yeah. spirits, and averages are on the rise. Yeah. And to see something like that happen, like, okay, like, how many teams are going to continue to do this? Well, and it feels like they're picking on Joey Gallo. I mean, there's a reason. I know there is, but it, <laughs> like if I was Joey Gallo, I would have a hard time not feeling totally singled out. <laughs> yeah, I would too. It Major League Baseball has to come up with some kind of rule. There's and I don't know. I don't know how you. I don't know how you play it. I don't know what you do. I don't know if you say one outfielder in each field. You know, but. I'm not sure. I don't know either. I don't know, I don't know how they regulate that and tell the outfielders that they can't play behind the second baseman. You know. Well, if you if you want to bring your right fielder all the way in, that's fine. you can. Yeah, I, yeah. You just got to leave yourself a vulnerability, which yeah. is, I mean, you're going to leave yourself a vulnerability to the opposite field if you shift like this anyway. Um, I don't know. It's just like so. Here, here's who, the thing. What do you want? Here's the thing. So. When I coached 12, 11, 12-year-old 12 um, City League a few years ago, we would notice that kids were not hitting the ball in the air to the outfield. That these kids, Most of the kids in the league were not strong enough to hit the ball in the air to the outfield. So we're like, okay, let's do this. We want our right fielder and our left fielder in, in the outfield with a little bit of distance. They have a good amount of space to back up the infielders in front of them. That's their yeah. primary primary role at that age is to back up the infielders in front of them. What's the center fielder doing? He's not really backing up anybody. So we brought him to the edge of the grass. We gave up center field. We said, if you hit the ball to center field, let it go to the fence, run around the bases, we'll give it to you. Good for you. Yeah. Right? And it worked out for us. It worked out really well. And – but that was the thing is we were conceding center field. If you're going to bring it, if you're going to put somebody behind the second base, you got to concede right field. Yeah, I think so. 
yeah, I think you're right. I think that I wonder if they end up going with like the pie slice thing and being like, okay, hey, you can't have more than one outfielder in each pie slice. I think that's what's going to happen, honestly. And I'm glad that they're going to, that they're pushing the limits right now and we don't have to deal with this in May. Um, let's deal with it now. Like, let's yeah. just get it all out on the table. And Major League Baseball continues to send memos and constantly tweaking things, especially with the pitch clock. But yes. before we move on to that, Joey Gallo now plays in Minnesota, in case you didn't know. Well, I didn't know. I and uh, he got he got two at-bats, a walk, and a fly-out. All right. Good for him. Okay. Pitch clock. Let's get back to that. We're going to be so sick of this by the time we hit opening day. Oh, man. But yeah, we are. like you said, Major League Baseball is sending memos about things. One of them is about the pitch clock. Mad of Max course got is. his wrist slapped a little bit. Um, because he's been pushing the envelope on the pitch clock. That's what he does. So the rule is, we'll review it. We talked about it last week. The batter must be set with eight seconds left on the clock. Eyes facing forward, ready to hit the ball as it's pitched. Well, Max Scherzer did not let Victor Robles of the Washington Nationals, the Walgreens Nationals, sorry, (laughs) didn't let him get set. Right. So he was called for a balk because he got called for a quick pitch. Yeah, and then the next at bat, Scherzer lost the double play because the pitch was ruled late, which it was. And it was the Nationals super late. Yeah, the Nats went on to score like eight runs, I think, after that. It was a lot. <laughs> <It's> so crazy. <laughs> uh, but the same, but so he he managed a quick pitch after, but it was after the batter was set. So this is the thing. This is what's happening. Max Scherzer said that he can play the the pitch clock to his advantage, which he's clearly doing. Oh yeah. Right, taking saying okay, they've got to be set by eight seconds. They've got to be set. If he, I'm gonna pitch it right at eight seconds, right? So that's something that he can do. But Major League Baseball is saying like, give give him a chance, just give him a shot to do it. Come on, man, make sure he's paying attention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and part of it's part of it is safety too. Right? And it like, and the quick pitch thing has been on the rule books forever. Like you can't quit right. pitch guys for yeah. safety reasons. It's been around forever and ever. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I thought I thought this was funny what Buck, Buck Showalter said. He said, everybody's looking for a competitive edge, and it's a good time to be testing those things. It is. Play with it. That's what I'm saying. If you get called for five bucks in spring training, nobody cares because it's pretend baseball. Nobody cares. It's, it's pretend baseball. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, yeah, see what you can do with it. See what you can't do with it. And, and even yeah. batters, like I think Manny Machado has been probably messing, like setting up his timing and everything. Like, what can I do? to continue to like step out of the box, get ready. I'm sure like him and other guys, you know, are like, okay, I need to time my new routine out so that I'm ready to go maybe at nine seconds. Yeah. Right. So it's I don't smart, know. smart to get it out of the way now, like play, mm-hmm. play hard for the next couple of weeks. Cause this is, this is it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, uh, and it gives major league baseball a chance to play with it as well. And that's right. going back to the shift. What needs to happen? We need to just play with it and everybody push boundaries and let's, let's renegotiate everything. Yep. Exactly. So the Phillies Zach Wheeler, I thought this was funny. He said that he doesn't like the pitch clock at all because it yeah. messes with the game too much. It's like, yeah. It, it does feel like it does. Like, like yeah. we talked about last week, you said it was urgent. Baseball is not an urgent sport by any stretch of the imagination it's it can be tense and it can be what's the word i'm looking for i don't know but urgent is not one of them and it's become urgent 
Yeah. So that's yeah. There are a lot of people out there who think this is ruining baseball. Like there are a lot of people who feel, and I think there are people out there who thought that the shot clock was going to ruin basketball too. For sure, I don't. I don't think it will. It's an adjustment. We're going to have to adjust to it. In a few, like you said, in a few years, there's going to be a point where we don't even think about it anymore. Yeah, that will happen. Yeah, but speaking of things nobody cares about, (laughs) the Cubs through the first spring training no-hitter since 2017. Now, mm-hmm. Brig, if a team throws a combined no-hitter in spring training, does anybody care? No. No. They use six no. pitchers. <laughs> like, we've talked about it before, that a, that a combined no-hitter just like doesn't really have the same impact. It doesn't really feel the same. It, it doesn't count. And when you're playing pretend baseball, it definitely doesn't count. So I feel like you should just like forget about it. <laughs> you know, the, I, we had to poke fun at this because it's ridiculous. But what's of note is that the game lasted two hours, 14 minutes with six pitcher pitching changes or five pitching changes. Well, they were probably all between innings. I don't think anybody came in mid inning. You're probably right. Just because that you You're know, probably right. spring training, especially if guys are, play, are pitching well, they're not going to do a mid-inning pitching change but still though i it's funny i've i've been to a regular season game that was shorter than that yeah that was not a one one time one time but nonetheless i've done it it's there been there it has happened it's really interesting but anyway all right last thing we have here i thought this was so funny so funny so (laughs) the rays and the twins they actually played at the trop this game was played at the trop right which um, probably felt a lot like a regular season game to some degree because there wasn't anybody there. <laughs> but the batters and the umpire could hear the pitch comm system coming from the catcher's earpiece. <laughs> Naito was calling his own pitches. Yeah. <laughs> so the batters knew what was coming every single pitch. <laughs> so the, the earpiece was turned up too loud. And uh, which I understand like in, in like a a regular season game or even a spring training game where you're outside and dissipates a little bit more and there's more crowd noise. Yeah. But the trop being indoors is probably just super quiet. Yeah. Uh, that both, like I said, the umpire and the, and the batter could hear everything. Rocco Baldelli, he told Maeda, he's like, Hey, good job. Cause he went out there and he threw two scoreless innings. He's like, but the batters knew it was coming every single pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but That's hey, good fantastic. for him. Good for him though, to get out of there That's scoreless when the batters knew it was coming. That's seriously impressive. Maybe there's more to it with the trash cans than we thought. Catch new episodes of the Baseball Together podcast every Tuesday.